You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows Trio programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former Trio staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with Trio. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Emilia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listener, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In today's episode, we have Noemi Lara Miller, who is a former Trio Upward Bound staff from Eastern New Mexico University and is a graduate of Mexico State University. Noemi is on the podcast today to discuss her educational journey, her career experience, and her passion regarding volunteering. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Rosario O'Reilly, Jaded Electronics, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can be a sponsor of the podcast. Head on over to Patreon and search for Let's Talk Trio. Choose one of four patron levels. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you would like to nominate a participant, staff, or alumni to be on the podcast, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is letstalktrio, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Again, a great episode featuring Noemi Lara Miller, who is a former TRIO professional staff from Eastern New Mexico University Upward Bound Program. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, TRIO Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk TRIO podcast is a graduate of New Mexico State University, holding a master's degree in educational administration. She previously served the TRIO program at Eastern New Mexico University as the coordinator and currently serves Clovis Community College as the project director for Title V. She is also from the Las Cruces area, the Chaparral, New Mexico area. Her husband is in the Air Force and has got orders from Cannon Air Force Base in 2019. She has a 10-month-old baby boy named Nathan. This is a new challenge for her as she is a working mom, obtaining a new job at CCC, and been being far away from her family. She's also an adjunct instructor at DACC and NMSU. She teaches her first-year seminar online. 
And she also loves volunteering and helping the military spouses at Kennard Air Force Base as a community outreach coordinator for the Military Spouse Professional Network, or MSPN. She's also a key spouse at Cannon Air Force Base, which that means that she's a volunteer appointed by the unit commander that serves as a reference of information providing resources to Air Force spouses and their families. Her and her husband love to travel and see new places, and now with their new baby boy, they like to take short trips. Welcome to the podcast, Noemi Lara Miller. Noemi, welcome. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time today. Uh, how's it going? Um, good. Doing well. Thank you. How about yourself? <laughs> Not too bad on this end. We're doing pretty good. Uh, for the audience, uh, Noemi and I have been trying to find a good time to connect and interview uh, interview her for her trio experience. So, Noemi, thank you so much for your flexibility. Oh, no problem. Thank you for working with my busy schedule, I guess, and after the holidays. It was crazy. <laughs> Definitely. After the, after the holidays, it gets very hectic. Uh, times with family or just trying to find a time to relax. So uh, I thank you again for taking this time uh, to, to be with me today. Uh, so how are you? How are things in Clovis, New Mexico? Um, doing okay. Learning a new job, uh, being a new mom and trying to still like help and volunteer, helping others. So yeah, staying busy, I guess. Right on. It feels like, you know, we had a very busy holiday this year. How was it for you? How did you and your family spend the winter break? Uh, we went uh, We went back home to El Paso um, or Las Cruces area. I'm from Chaparral. It's mm-hmm. a little town. And we also, um, I guess, spent Christmas uh, in Ridoso uh, skiing for the first time. My sister. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was exciting. Um, I fell twice, but yeah, that's okay, right? I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a le- it's part of the learning process, right? Falling yeah. down. When, yeah. When skiing. <laughs> I'll say I'm still learning, but yeah. And then uh, we came back uh, for New Year's and we spent it here, uh, New Year's with the family and friends that came over to, to see the baby, I guess. That's the new thing yeah. to come and visit the baby. <laughs> Congratulations on the baby, by the way. Thank you. So 10 months, right? Yes, it's 10 months. Wow. Um, and this is kind of not in the script, but following up, what is it like being a parent now? Like this is uh, your first child, right? Yes. First baby, being away from family, uh, military family, it's like crazy. But yeah, we're, we're doing well. I think we're keeping them alive 10 months. I think that's that's good. <laughs> that's good. Very good. Yeah. Um, so now that the winter break is over, a lot of colleges and schools are starting to get back into the swing of things or already in the middle of the, the new semester for spring. Um, for you, what do you do to help you get back into the swing of things at work? So funny thing, uh, we're new morning people now. Like we, oh, we yeah? wake up so early, but it's thanks to the baby because we didn't used to do that. We just stay in bed and watch TV and then, yeah, relax and then go out and have breakfast. But now the baby keeps us like, yeah, really early. So wow. that's something. So it didn't change as much because, yeah, with the baby, mm-hmm. our schedule is still kind of the same, but now crazy because we're running to daycare early in the morning. And then I go and visit him during lunch and then pick him up after work. So, yeah, it's. It's crazy, but back to the same routine, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, after a winter break, once you, uh, once your body gets to learn how to relax and then you have to go back up into like working and having to do that schedule again, it's a little bit hard, but do you eventually get into the routine? Yes. Yes. The first week, yeah, I needed lots of coffee, but yeah, we're <laughs> back in track now. <laughs> so you love volunteering. Can you tell us how did that begin for you? Why, why do you enjoy volunteering? Why do you like uh, donating your time? Well, um, 
it's a new thing, I guess, being a military wife, um, a new place, you don't know. And um, I learned and met these new people. And then I wanted to do the same. I'm like, you know what, now that I got the hang of um, the new town, what is it out here? I'm like, maybe I can help others. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. something that uh, they, I guess um, new friends and people and nice friends, they're the ones that, yeah, they, they um, I guess, talk to me and they're like, hey, how about if you help us with this? And how about if you volunteer with this? And I'm like, yeah, I love helping people. So there you go. So yeah, it worked kind of, um, I guess, good on our end, helping helping people, but now helping families, helping military, helping, yeah, those spouses that their husbands are deployed and they're mm-hmm. far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank God, I guess my husband haven't deployed yet, but yeah, I'm like, well, let's help them. And yeah. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And I think good for you too, that uh, you're looking out for military families and helping them during an adjustment period, because yeah, that, that's pretty hard. I imagine uh, having a spouse or deploy and then having a family member stay behind to, to watch a husband or a wife go overseas. And then you're having to you know stay in the same spot. Yes. Um, and also, well, um, I guess I want to say thanks to my husband, because thanks to, I guess, our spouses, we're able to do that, um, not only our job, not only at home, but also uh, something plus and something like volunteering, something on weekends. So, yeah, thanks to, I guess, our our spouses. Uh, yeah, they, I guess they, they support us. <laughs> Absolutely. So we are now in 2023. Uh, January, we're halfway into it. Uh, I like to ask guests about uh, sometimes their New Year's resolution around around this episode. So uh, do you set any New Year's resolutions for 2023? Um, yes. I want to finish reading books that I have bought since last year, since last summer. They, uh-huh. They've been like my, I guess, go and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read this book. No. And then I bought another one and nothing. So hopefully <laughs> I can finish the books that I bought last year. Yeah. Um, be more active, I think. Um, there's a wellness program at CCC at, at work. I hope it's okay that I mentioned work. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they have a well, uh, wellness program and uh, they give us like up to two hours per week. Um, so you can work out or you can sign up for a class or you can take a break and go and walk around. And I have never been able to because I felt like I was a new employee. It's a new mm-hmm. job. You have to learn. And then I step out because I have to go and uh, I guess, uh, visit the baby during lunch. So I'm like, it's too much. Uh, I'm like, no, maybe next year. So that's something that I want to do once he's a year old and take advantage of that wellness program. And yeah, take Absolutely. care of myself too. <laughs> Absolutely. So you mentioned reading. Uh, so this is something that I've been doing in the last two years. I've been trying to increase the number of books I read. What type of genres or what books are you reading uh, that you, you're interested in? Well, I have the new uh, Michelle Obama book um, that I bought last year. So that's something that I've been trying to, I guess, uh, get back to. And then there's one that a a friend gave me, something about leadership, like uh, being a good manager and so. So, yeah, those those two. I'm like, I need to. Now I really need them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Awesome. So for me, uh, January always symbolizes uh, this uh, turning of the page, new year, new new everything it seems like so for me new year's is my absolute favorite holiday um and like i said every year i get the sense of uh, this page turning to a new year what about you uh, noemi what is your favorite holiday i think i'll say christmas christmas is my my favorite one we get a break from work almost two weeks and then yeah and then for us we get to go back and see the family so yeah um run back to el paso so that's i guess that's my favorite time <laughs> wonderful uh what is the lesson that 2022 taught you um there have been like new challenges and um 
being persistent, just keep trying. I think um, that's that's one of the things. Uh, this new job, it's an example of it. Like um, I saw the opportunity and I gave it a chance and now I am here. Like, yeah, just keep trying. Like you never know. Um, I know it was like one of my, I don't know, something in mind that I had like since I got my master's degree which it was a couple of years ago and I'm like okay maybe someday maybe someday mm-hmm. I'm gonna find a job and then yeah finally it happened so um new challenges but also be persistent like keep trying it's okay <laughs> wonderful uh, being from Las Cruces area that must have been quite a shift for you and your husband and your family uh, in total uh what brought you to Clovis and Portales so as you said my husband is in the air force uh we um, he got orders here and that's why we move out here. So not by choice. <laughs> he got orders. <laughs> we didn't know where Clovis, New Mexico was at. When he told me, I'm like, where's Clovis at? He's like, you don't know. No, I'm from New Mexico. I thought I knew my whole state. <laughs> it turned out I didn't know what Eastern New Mexico was at or Clovis Community College was at. And yeah. So um, yeah, he got orders because of the Air Force and we're here and it's nice for us. Uh, we always tell this to friends and family. It's nice for us because we're five hours away from El Paso. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was working at public schools or so, they get so many holidays and I was always, we were always going back to El Paso. Like, yeah, four day mm-hmm. weekend, we were in El Paso because it's five uh, hours. It's not that yeah. far. It's relative, right? It's 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 a five hour trip. It's short uh, yes. compared to others. Uh, being uh, so, I, I was from New Mexico, uh, over from the Clovis Portales area. My mom still lives over there, and uh, it takes about twelve hours to drive from Fort Collins all the way to New uh, Clovis, New Mexico. And I tell my friends here in Fort Collins, like, oh, I'm from Clovis, and they're like, where's that? Where where do you mean? Where is that? <laughs> yes, and then my husband, his family's from Abilene, Texas. So oh, okay. Like- um, in between both families, it's five hours for both of us. So yeah, so Wonderful. so that's why we like it here. We're not complaining. We love it here. We're yeah, we're close to home. So so it's okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I know that we were going to discuss uh, your time at ENMU here in a little bit uh, uh, during the podcast, but I would like to know what is it about ENMU that you liked? Uh, being able to help. Um, it's uh, for first generation students. So just like myself, that's something that as soon as I saw them, I'm like, oh, yeah, that identifies myself. Like that was one of those students. We don't know about college. We don't know because we're first generation students because our parents didn't go to college. And yeah, mm-hmm. they're like, well, go and get your education. But I don't know how, but go. And you're like, well, who do I ask? I'm the first one. I'm the oldest one from the family. And yeah. Um, I'm the role model for these siblings, but I don't even know like how do how do I apply and so so that's something that yeah um, that I love I guess about ENMU Upper Bound um, ENMU is close by here um, it's in Portales so it was like 30 minutes from home so it was something close by and still help people still help students still help those high school kids that they're lost confused they don't know what to do so that's something that that I like um, I guess um, so I guess that's in my background passion helping. Mm-hmm. So, but I miss the students too, though. I miss them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you, you there's an attachment to students when you work in, in higher education or even in a setting with like Upward Bound, where you'll always have an attachment to students and you're going to always wish that they're doing very well and they're progressing. So that's awesome. So what's something that you miss about Las Cruces? 
Oh, the food. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the real Tell Mexican me food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my family, too. Um, the stores, the outlets, like going out to places. And yeah, something's like really like 20 minutes from home. Um, short distance. Now that you have to drive like an hour and a half. And then it's Texas. It's a different time zone. And yeah, like, no, it's, it's uh, I guess, just food and family and the places that you can go to. So, yeah. So let's rewind the clock a little bit. Talk to us about your upbringing and what was that like? Um, so let's see. Um, I'm the oldest. Um, um, I have one sister and one brother. So like I said, I'm like their stepmom. They always like uh, used to make fun of that. They're like, you're my stepmom. I'm like, yeah, you're so straight. And I'm like, I want you to do better. I want you to like, yeah, to get yeah. in school. And so, so my parents were very strict. Um, I think that they were strict. Like they were the kind of parents that would not let you like, go out to a party like really late you oh, know? Wow. yeah i remember that there was one memory that um my friend was from this little town anthony new mexico and my parents will let me go to a quinceanera or a party or so but at 11 p.m they were already there um at my friend's oh. house waiting for me and i'm wow. like wow <laughs> probably now the new kids will be like that's when the party started like 11 p.m yeah yeah i was gonna say like a lot of uh i guess uh the younger generation would say well 11 p.m is really when the party starts up yeah yeah those were my crazy parents so yeah even though we got back like 12 a.m 1 a.m they were already waiting for me there so it was like kind of embarrassing but i'm like i'm not that i'm a mom i'm like i understand yeah yeah. they wanted to freedom but not really (laughs) (laughs) only the illusion that you have choice right <laughs> yeah so that's what i will say that they were really strict like yeah they were the kind of parents that they'll be like if you're not gonna go to college you're gonna work you're gonna make the money and you're gonna pay rent for living here with us and blah blah wow. blah so you're like oh might as well go to college then because yeah yeah charge me for rent <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like your parents is it fair to say your parents put a lot of emphasis and importance on uh, education Yes, yes. So we loved school. Um, I was one of those, I guess, nerds that I love school. I remember in elementary, I got like a perfect attendance award mm. or something because, yeah, mm. I never missed school. And yeah, I didn't like to miss school. That was another thing. Um, back in high school, that's another story, right? But yeah, elementary <laughs> and middle school, I loved it. Like, yeah, I didn't want to miss. Yeah. <laughs> so your attitude towards school is something very positive. Yes, yes. So talk to us about your experience in, mil- in, in elementary school. What was that like for you? Oh, elementary. Well, like, oh, memories. Um, I feel like I was always the new kid because my parents were always moving from one little town to another one in New Mexico. Um, if I mentioned the, the little towns, um, maybe people will be like, what? That's the name of a town? Yes. We were always moving from one place to another. So I was always the new kid. Every year I was like, oh, there's the new kid. So I never had like those kind of friends that you grew up like, you go to high school, you go to college with, you keep in contact or so. No, um, because I had so so many different, I guess, elementary. Um, but then when we moved to Chaparral, that's when, yeah, that was like a permanent home. That was most, um, and that was like in sixth grade, I believe. So, yeah. And wow. then that was a new school that they built in Chaparral. Yeah. So I was no longer the new kid. Like all my other friends were new kids too. They're like, yeah, it's wow. a new school and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you remember liking a particular subject? In elementary, oh my goodness. I think I'll say history. Yeah. History. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what was it about history that you liked so much? Uh, well, I was in this bilingual classes. Um, I guess you can tell with my accent from El Paso. Um, I was in this bilingual classes. So yeah, it was like 
I don't know why. And I guess um, I need to ask those teachers back in the day, but yeah, it was like mostly Spanish and then a few English classes. And you're like, well, I guess I feel more confident with Spanish. So yeah, I'll keep it in Spanish. So you talk to your friends in Spanish, you talk to your teacher in Spanish and then, yeah, you never get to practice, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so pre-show, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, Noemi. No. Uh, you you were nervous about how your accent would come across on the podcast, and I'm I'm, I'm telling you, like you sound great. Uh, oh, thank what, you. You always uh, very reserved about like accents and how you sounded. Yes, yes. Um, back at home, it's like normal. Back at home, everyone speaks Spanglish. Everyone's like sp- Spanish, I guess. Uh, the parents they can order something at a restaurant in Spanish, and that's no problem. But I guess more up here, more north, yeah, like it's it's not uh, bilingual. You don't really see it. They say they're bilingual, mm. and you're like, yeah, they don't really know Spanish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't really know how it. to translate something or talk to the parents in Spanish. So yeah, um, I feel like back at home, it's something I guess normal to see. But right. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh do you have a favorite memory of elementary school? Elementary. Um, I guess my teacher, Miss Montoya, she was like so nice. She was one of the persons that um I guess that's why I loved and I wanted to become a teacher. Because yeah, she was awesome. She was really nice. And uh being a new kid, I guess she kind of helped me out too. Like, oh no, you're fine. It's a new town, it's a new school, it's okay. So yeah. Um, yeah. Did you get involved a lot and uh like other extracurricular activities uh, during elementary uh, into your middle school years? No, I would not. I would say no, I, I was not that involved. Um, I don't know if it was because the strict parents, um, they didn't let you like stay after school. Um, there were not many resources back then. I don't know what it was, but no, I, I remember that. No, I guess uh, I'm trying to think. I'm like, which one? Which one was it? No, no, no yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was your middle school experience like? Uh, middle school um, that was in Chaparral middle school it, mm-hmm. it was a little I guess middle school back in my little town I was no longer the new kid so that was something cool and nice too as well I love my teachers I remember Mr. Olivari and Mr. Armendariz and it was bilingual classes again yeah mm-hmm. I think I, I was stuck with bilingual classes for too long until my counselor said <laughs> you know what you're back to English classes you can go and and yeah. uh, get English classes they'll help you so I remember we went to this field trip to Carlsbad and -hmm. then Carlsbad, White Sands and Alamogordo and it was so cool that summer and I'm like oh that's so cool they take us like out of town out of like Mm -hmm. El Paso and and Chaparral and then guess what the next year I learned that that's where they take you every single year (laughs) that's like the the field trips that they take you to because there's nothing around so yeah Mm, yeah so later on I'm like oh this is boring they're gonna take us to the same place again (laughs) so yeah so you said uh, really not involved in a lot of extracurricular activities, but you um, and sports was uh, I, I recall saying in your notes that you don't really lo- uh, never really into sports. Uh, so what, what were the things that you were into? What were things that you gravitated toward and you were really um, either either not pa- if you were not passionate about it, you were at least interested in it? Well, um, never into sports. And I don't know why. I think it was the after school thing that maybe my parents were like, oh, no, we don't have transportation. We cannot go and pick you up. We cannot go and drop you off like really early at this game or so. So funny thing, I just love watching the boys playing sports. <laughs> so ah, okay. I, used to do. I'm like, I can't play the sports, but I'm going to watch the, the kids play sports. So yeah, that was something running and PE was not my thing. If you meet me, I'm not into working out. I'm not into running. PE is not my thing. So no. So I don't know if it was like that thing too. Like I'm blaming it on my parents, but also myself like, yeah, I was not into it. Like, no, it's, yeah. 
I remember I want the spelling bee though, the Spanish spelling bee. Oh yeah. From grade all the way up to middle school. So yeah, that was something cool. That's amazing. Spanish, I guess it had to be, huh? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what did you What did you learn about yourself while in middle school? Uh, I wanted to learn more. It was like um, that little nerd that wanted to learn more, wanted to, um, I guess, keep learning. Um, maybe that's why I wanted to become a teacher back then. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my, I guess, my dream. Like, oh, helping students become a teacher, become a bilingual teacher and, and help these kids that are new, um, that they feel lost, that uh, they're the new kid. And yeah, they don't feel like they, they fit into any little groups because everyone has their little friends. And so, so yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, that was one of the things about middle school that I learned about myself. <laughs> Can you talk to us about your transition to high school? What was that like? Uh, so this one was at Gadsden High School. It's in Anthony, New Mexico. It's a little town um, in between Chaparral and um, El Paso. Mm-hmm. And it was like 30 minutes from home. Um, our class was like 200 plus students um, for our senior class. So it was a big high school. It was all the little towns in the same high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that was something that... Um, when there was fights or there was like something like bad going on. Yeah. Cause all of us got in trouble because it was so big. The high school. Was oh, wow. so big. Uh, but I think I did well. Cause look at me, I'm here. I graduated <laughs> from that high school. Cause everyone back at home that here is gets in high school. They're like, Oh no, that high school with problem kids with fights, hmm. with gangs going on. But I'm like, no, it's, it's um, as long as you, um, I guess go to class and do well, you should be fine. Yeah. Is that the type of reputation gets in high school had? Yes, back in the day, that was something that, yeah, as soon as they heard Gats in high school, compared to Las Cruces and El Paso, it was like the bad one, because, yeah, oh, wow. there were gangs, there were like, yeah, fights all over, and I'm like, no, I never got in a fight, and I never got in trouble, so I think I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, and, yeah. And then I remember our graduation was at NMSU, we were like so many kids at a graduation was at the Pan Am at NMSU, it's where they play basketball, the way they play the arena, where they play um, the concerts going on. So it was a big deal. So yeah, we yeah. were a lot of kids. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Uh, did you do any extracurriculars while in high school? No, one high school, no. The sad thing was that there was no more Sp- uh, Spanish spelling bee at high school. So that no? was my sad thing. I'm like, oh, no, that's the only mm. thing that I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and then funny thing, there was the Spanish honors classes. And guess what? I enrolled uh-huh. into honor Spanish, of course. This Spanish speaker uh, had to take her Spanish honors courses. So yeah, because I think it was like easy for me. And now that mm-hmm. I think about it, I'm like, it was not challenging. So that's why I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to be in this honors class. It's going to help me with my, um, I guess, transcripts because it's an AP class, but it was Spanish. Like, why didn't try something else? <laughs> <laughs> I think, right, when, when we reflect on our high school experiences, we're like, I could have tried out for this or I could have done that a little bit more. But I think that's that's our live and learn moments. Right. Yeah. I'm like, why I didn't like challenge myself and go to, I guess, a French class or something else. But no, it was honors. Yeah. Presentations, I remember. And yeah, mm-hmm, talking mm-hmm. to friends. I'm like, I spoke Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so, at this point of your educational journey, were you thinking about college or thinking about where you wanted to attend uh, to to either get a, an associate's or a bachelor's or um, yeah, beyond beyond a high school degree? Uh, yes and no. When you're a first generation student and Spanish is your first language, you're lost and you don't know much about college life. Like you want to go to college, but you're like scared. You're like, oh, no, but how am I going to do it? I'm the first one. My parents don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to go to college, but nobody in my family knew. 
um, like the process or that it was possible even. I remember talking to my parents and being like, oh, dad, we need your taxes. This is the FAFSA. And he's like, are they going to charge me? Are they going to like send me something? No, dad, they say that it's free and we just need to submit the application. And that would tell you like how old I am because it was a paper FAFSA. So back in the day, you submitted a paper FAFSA and you sign it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I can relate to those. I, I submitted FAFSA. I remember still that it was a paper form. Yes. Yes. So I'm one of those, a paper form that I had to submit that I met with my counselor and then my parents had to sign it. And then we did something wrong, of course. And then they send it back. And yeah, I remember. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we wanted to go to college, but we didn't know how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So now that things are easier, you see students going through the FAFSA now. Do you feel like do you feel like the FAFSA is a little bit faster to to fill out, or do you think there's still a lot of kind of gray area there? Uh, yes, it's easier. And then a funny thing, or something about myself, I work as a financial aid advisor back at NMSU. Oh, right on! Yeah, yeah. this kid that was lost and did a paper FAFSA and didn't know what it said or asked about uh, bank account and all that stuff that they used to ask. Yep. Now I became a financial aid advisor and now I was able to help those kids, those parents and be like, no, it's okay. And I know it asked this question, but this is what they meant. And this is why yeah. they need this information. It's, it's fine. It's okay. So, yeah, but um, it was, I guess, challenging. And now I understand those parents and um, students because they, they say it's, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. And we're like, oh, you don't imagine how it was before. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it was a different beast back then. It was uh, right, yeah. And then you don't understand that. Like, you're like, why are they asking for taxes? Why are they asking how much dad made? And yeah, right, no. right. And I, I was able to explain that to the parents and be like, it's okay, it's fine. You don't get in trouble. You don't. Yeah, they're just trying to see that financial need so they can help those students. Absolutely. And I think that that's what takes, right? Some conversation with the parents to say, hey, this is not anything to go against you or to double check your taxes. This is none of that. This is just really re you reporting your income and saying, this is how much I made for the year. Because I remember that was one of my dad's fears um, uh, when I was in, in college and I had to report his income. Uh, he was like, why are you using this information? Am I going to get reported or why Why are they double checking all the stuff that I submitted? And my, my uh, director excuse me, my director at the time, uh, Doris and Aya, she had to explain like, no, it's it's not that they're double checking. They're just verifying that that's the information you submitted. That's it. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you. There's a conversation with the first generation parents that are trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I talk to you about college? Uh, in that same vein, in a good segue to this, uh, outside of your parents, who did you talk uh, to about college? Were you thinking uh, about, um, talking about your counselor to about going to college or were you talking about others about going to college? So it was this high school with 200 and plus students, seniors trying to mm -hmm. go to college. So I think our counselor and bless their hearts. Well, they're busy. They, they have so many things to, I guess, um, I guess, keep in track of. But I was, I remember that I took this college course that this college class that was there to help us with financial aid, with the admissions application, with um, they took us like to visit NMSU. So that's mm -hmm. something that I think it helped me. And that was the person that I remember talking to. It was my instructor for that class and be like, uh, this is the thing. I want to go to college, but I don't know how to do all this process. I don't know if I qualify. I don't know. And then, yeah, I remember that that was one of the ones that um, I helped us. And thanks to that course, I think that because if not imagine like waiting for a counselor until they see you until they like, OK, take the time one on one. I'm like, oh, no, right. it was not going to be possible. <laughs> yeah, I, totally, totally. Um, so were there a list of top colleges that you wanted to attend? 
Um, now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't think I had an option. It was Doñana Community College. That was the only college that was in Las Cruces. So mm-hmm. um, that was the, I guess, um, that was the college that I wanted to go because my friends were going to go there. All of mm-hmm. our high school graduation class that were talking about the ACC, and that's where I went. I'm like, that, that was the next step. And it was only because I was following my friends. I'm like, okay, this is where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm noticing a pattern with a lot of TRIO students is they are, are not only TRIO students, but students overall that graduate from high school, from the smaller, co- from the smaller high schools, is they go, uh, my friends are all going to this one college, so I'm going to go there. Um, and I, I, I would be remiss to say, right, like being from the Eastern New Mexico University Upward Bound program, uh, ENMU Upward Bound definitely played a large role in me going to Eastern, but uh, also seeing my friends going there made it more easier for me to make the decision to go to Eastern. So I imagine something similar uh, played out for you. Yes, that was kind of like, yeah, um, all of us, we went to DACC or NMSU because, yeah, that was the next step. That was the next, I guess, college or university in Las Cruces. So, yeah, there were a few of our friends that they went to UTEP. Um, that's University of Texas at El Paso. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, that was in El Paso. And we're like, but why Texas? But why another state? And then we didn't understand that, like, yeah, you can go to another state. It's okay. They're not going to charge you as much. Um, you're like within the less than 50 miles, maybe like, yeah. So I know maybe if I'll think about it, I'll be like, why you didn't try something else? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you ended up going to, to DACC, right? DACC, yes. Uh, what, did you put, spend a lot of time there? Uh, did you transfer somewhere else? Yeah, talk to us about that. Um, so I got my associates there um, because that was the thing. That was like the next step, go to the community college. So I got my associates. And then after getting my associates, I realized, okay, you know what? College is not that hard. It's not that difficult. I think I can get my bachelor's now. And then I was working as a business manager for this mm-hmm. office, for this department. And I was like, well, I'm making the good money, but I think I need a title. I think I need my degree. So that's mm-hmm. when I, um, I guess, made the decision the smart decision of getting uh, my bachelor's in transition or transferring to NMSU. Wow. So, so why NMSU? What uh, what said this is the school that you should go to? Um, it was the only one close by um, to Las Cruces. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Going to El Paso was never like in our mind. You can go to Texas. You can go somewhere else. No, it was the next one. It was the, the one that you can do the EC transfer from mm-hmm. your credits from yeah being in Las Cruces in New Mexico. Yeah. All your credits will transfer and that's okay. So, right on. Again, yeah, I didn't think about going somewhere else or farther. No. <laughs> and, and we're going to continue talking about your college experience, but we're going to wrap up with uh, your high school experience. Yeah. Uh, as you started your senior year uh, for high school, what went into for, for you to prepare for college? So preparing for college, um, again, I didn't know that you were supposed to do good in high school, get good grades, <laughs> apply for scholarships, and then yeah. that's going to uh, pay for college. I didn't know that. Um, I was just having fun in high school and, yeah, barely passed my classes. So, yeah. So that's something that I tell my students. I'm like, please do good in high school because you're going to regret it. I know you're having fun, but you need to go to college and that's going to transfer. That's going to reflect there. So, yeah. So um, I guess getting ready for college not really i was just partying and yeah having fun <laughs> uh, was there um was there any preparation that uh, the high schools did to help you all prepare for college yes um that class uh, really helped us a lot as i mm-hmm. say that um i guess uh 
college. I would never remember what was the name, but yeah, they they help us a lot. They took us to an MSU, like to visit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be like, okay, this is a university that you're gonna go. And then of course you're this little kid in high school. You're like, oh my gosh, it's so big. There's so many classes. Mm-hmm. The stadium, the football stadium, it's so big. So that's something good, I guess, for those courses that they help you. That they take those kids and be like, look, this is what's gonna be like. This is the college. This is where you're gonna be going. So kind of like our opera bound programs, that like uh, trio, yeah. That was uh, one of those courses. Right on. Talk to us about your high school graduation. What was that moment like for you? Oh, it was emotional. It was fun. It was uh, some of my friends were going to go out of town. I remember like after that weekend, some friends were going to move. They were going to go out of town. They were going to go on vacation. So it was like the last day that we were going to see each other. It was like our last little reunion, all of this high school kids together. Um, it was at NMSU, as I said, my grandparents from Mexico, um, they, they were there. So that was something, um, I guess, really, um, I guess, emotional and uh, nice that, yeah, this first gen kid made it. And it's, it's getting a, a high school diploma and my, my family from Mexico was able to come over and see me. So that was wonderful. Yes. And then I have pictures of that special day of, of all of us, like, yeah, crying because we were not going to see each other again. And yeah, some friends were going to move oh, far yeah. and yeah. So that was, it was, it was a nice day, I guess. Yeah. Were you nervous about starting college? Yes. Yes. I was nervous because you just see it in the movies. You just see it like in TV and you're like, oh yeah, these people, they go to this college that is so far away. They don't see their family. They move into the dorms and no, I just went to a community college. So of course we didn't have that. <laughs> so, but yeah, but I was nervous because uh like the classes, like they tell you, they're like, oh, it's going to be a class with like a hundred students. And yeah, you're not going to be able to talk to your professor. It's different. Mm. No, yeah. it was not that bad. A community college, that's something that is nice about it. It's a small still uh, classes and yeah, a small little group of friends and classmates. So yeah. Okay. So you attended DACC for your first year. What yeah. were some of the thoughts that you were having as you started your first year at DACC? Oh, thoughts of having uh, DACC. Um, just working. I think I remember that I was just this busy kid, like always working, always like mm. uh, making the money and then going to DACC and then later mm. on having in mind, I can transfer to NMSU. Wait a minute. I think I can, I can go to the next one. I can go to the next, I guess it's, it's levels. It's like community college and then you pass, you do well. And then, okay, I guess you can go and get your bachelor's. You can go to the university. Wow. So, yeah. At what point did you realize uh, in your community college uh, career that you said, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and pursue a four-year degree. Uh, until graduation, when I was graduation. Um, again, talking about graduation and getting my associates. And so that's when I realized, you know what? I can do the bachelor's. I think um, this, I guess, first-generation um, Mexican-American kid can do well and can transfer and, and go to a four-year program and, yeah, and get that bachelor's. Um, I was making the money because I was already a department manager, but um, but I'm like, I need that paper because what if I move? What if I go to another job? And, right. yeah, they ask me okay you have the experience you're good but um we need a paper we need like your degree so yeah that's something and then um it took me forever because I was still working full-time I made the mistake of going uh part-time to school like Mm. I was working full-time because I was making Mm. the money I thought that was the thing make money first and then I went part-time to school so it took me forever to get my my bachelor's degree so yeah okay um Talk to us about the differences in experience for both the Doña Ana Community College and uh, New Mexico State University. What did you like about them? What were some cons? Yeah, uh, talk to us about that because that, that must have been quite a shift to, to go from right. DACC and then NMSU. Talk to, talk to us about that experience. 
Um, they're like kind of close by um, that community college is in Las Cruces, but it's really close to NMSU. So when you take classes around the ACC, you're able to see the campus from NMSU. So you're kind of like having that experience, but you also, you always see these kids and you're like, well, I want to be like them. I want to be like going from one class to another and then the library and then studying there. When you're at a community college, you have a job, you're busy, you already have this professional job and nice. yeah, you just go night classes or weekend mm-hmm. classes online and yeah so it was a different transition than going to NMSU you're going to get your bachelor's it's a different experience um and I don't know if it's because I was lost I didn't know what I was doing I was busy <laughs> and then I had the right direction and be like no you can go to your bachelor's like don't wait so yeah so um after my associates I'm like you know what I think I can go and transfer and and get that bachelor's and and get that other degree and then move on and get a better job. That's something too. But yeah, it was not, um, I guess, different. Like in here, like Clovis and Portales, it's like a little far away, like good 30 minute drive for us. It yeah, was like, yeah. Next it's door, like the next road, the next street, there's NMSU next door. <laughs> right on. Uh, what activities did you get involved with while in college? Um, I was involved in student government. Uh, That's something that I remember. I became the vice president for this undergrad department. Um, It was called College of Extended Learning. That's where I went to to get my bachelor's from. Mm -hmm. And then also um, Kappa Delta Chi. It's a sorority, of course, (laughs) for Hispanics and Latinas. So, yeah. And and most of them were teachers. So I think now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, I was within that little group. Like we wanted to become teachers. And then, of course, I changed my mind, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're always allowed to change your mind, right? Right. Yeah. That's what I tell students. It's okay. I know myself, I wanted to do something. And then guess what? I changed my mind. It's okay. You don't know how many kids they they change their degrees. So it's, it's okay. Absolutely. Um, And speaking of changing degrees, uh, do you have, did you have an idea of what you wanted to major in? Uh, so as I said, first was teaching, and then I changed my mind. It was business because I was already a manager, so I wanted to learn something about business. So at the end, my bachelor's is in applied studies. So applied studies is more like an open degree, mm-hmm. I guess, with different mm-hmm. options. But then my minors are in business, business administration, and business management. So right I, I think I still had like that in there. And then my my master's is educational admin. So I'm like, oh, at the end, I guess I kind of. Combine them all together, education, yeah. but also, yeah, managing, I guess. <laughs> right on. Uh, did you have to change your majors at all? Yes. Yes. I remember that um, I didn't know what in business. So when you go in there and talk to your advisors, they're like, okay, business, it has like 10 degrees. Which one do you want? Accounting, administration, management. Oh, wow. Like, oh, oh, I thought it was just business and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I changed my mind. It was uh, business office technology when my associates was in. And then when mm-hmm. I moved to, um, I guess, transferred to get my bachelor's, it was applied studies and business admin and management. So, yeah, it was, I guess, changing them. But back in the day, I wanted to become a teacher. <laughs> mm, a teacher. Right. Huh? I can totally relate because when I started uh, when I started college, ideally, I wanted to be a music, a music education teacher, was told that was not a good fit. And then uh, I still wanted to go into the education realm. So like you, I, I wanted to be in, in teaching. Uh, so I'm kind of curious now. How did you find out about Trio and how did it become kind of started working on the path of working uh, eventually at that point? 
So I knew about Trio back in Las Cruces when I was, um, I guess, working as a financial aid advisor. I knew about Trio because we worked together with them. I remember uh, we worked mm-hmm. with Talent Search. It's the little group that we work with. Uh, we got together like workshops and so, and that's when um, I guess we met the parents. So it was more like recruitment. Okay, these ones are going to go to the ACC or NMSU, but guess what? They're Trio um, students as well. So mm-hmm. we we helped each other. So I knew about Trio. Uh, back in Las Cruces. And then when I move out here, of course, I, I learned about Upper Bound and about Eastern. So yeah, but I I, I knew about them because I worked with them when I was in Las Cruces. So yeah, so I guess I kind of had it in me. Like, yeah, yeah. it was like the one. <laughs> <laughs> who who are the, uh, some advisors or mentors that you had while in college? When college, Miss um, Hilda Chapel, I remember her. She was a really nice, um, I guess, um, advisor. And then at the end, she was my uh, supervisor because I was her work study student. So she oh, wow. was yeah. my supervisor. And then when I got my professional job as a financial aid advisor, we were colleagues. We were like, um, half his was next to mine. So yeah, we were coworkers. And I'm like, what? My advisor when I was like so young and lost and didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, she's the one that helped me. And then Miss Kelly Hester too. Um, she was from the College of Extended Learning. She's the one that helped me. I'm like, well, I want to get a degree, but I don't have the time. I'm already working. Mm-hmm. I'm going full time. Like, what are my options? And then she's the one that told me, this is the applied studies. You work on your own and you like, you make your own plan and you, yeah, you choose your own classes as long as they meet this criteria. And yeah, she was a, a nice lady that helped me out. That way I didn't awesome. give out in school. Cause if not, I'm like, I cannot study. Um, sorry, I cannot start all over again. I cannot like get a degree in teaching and it's going to take me like 10 years. No, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Yeah. yeah. So it was one of the, a nice counselor that helped me. Now, I know you alluded to it before in the podcast, but what kept you motivated to complete your degree? Because I know for you, it was, you got to get the, the, the degree, got to get the paper, you want to get it in hand. But what, what were some internal motivations for you? What, why did you want to get a completed degree? Well, um, as, I, as I said, I was an office manager and um, I saw that I still needed something. I, I think I realized, you know what? I think I'm smart. I think I can get a bachelor's degree. I think I can keep on going. So I think that's what um, I guess kept me uh, motivated to continue to mm-hmm. um, I guess transfer and do better. Um, and as maybe some people will say, yeah, she's an ambitious person. That's why she got an associate's and went a bachelor's and then she got her master's. Like, yeah, I was able to do it. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go for the next one. And you know what? I'm going to continue going. That's amazing. Talk to us about your college graduation. What was that moment like for you? Um, Well, it was a dream come true. Finally, I got my bachelor's degree. I finally did it. Um, It was something important. Uh, Believe it or not, I went to my graduation for my associate's degree because I thought that was it. I thought Mm -hmm. I was just going to get an associate's. I told my parents, this is it. You, your daughter cannot get a bachelor's. This is all I can do. Just uh, tech school and that's it. And then no, like kept going. So bachelor's was a big deal for me. It was like something really awesome because yeah, I was able to do it. If you talk to me when I was in high school, be like, what? Getting a bachelor's degree? No, (laughs) just maybe a two-year program and that's it. That's all I could do. Yeah. Right on. Did you have an idea of what your career path would look like after graduation? No, I thought I was just going to get a, I guess, be a manager of this important um, department organization, but never thought about higher ed was going to be my thing. Um, I would not think that I was going to be visiting with students and helping them. 
and uh, being passionate about it. Like, yeah, I guess I didn't believe in myself. I didn't know that I was able to do it. So that's something you have to believe in yourself. You have to know that, yeah, you, if you can help people, if that's your passion, then yeah, you, you'll find that dream job. You, you'll be able to do it. So, yeah. I like that encouragement that you're sending out to all the audiences. If you find a passion and you're going to stick with it, you're going to find something in that, in that field. Yes. Yes. So finally, I think I did it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <I> it. Yes. <laughs> so now at this point of your educational journey, you're a graduate. Uh, what was next for you? What was something that you, that you wanted to pursue? So as an ambitious person, of course, I want to go and get my PhD. That's amazing. That's in, in my mind, I'm like, I want to do it. Um, of course, right now with the baby, maybe not yet. Uh, and it's something that my husband, he fully supports too. He's like, yeah, you can do it. I'm like, but I'm going to be busy. It's like three to four yeah. years of my life that I'm going to be like, yeah, reading and writing papers. And so, and then I want to do something in higher ed. Like it, it's, it's my thing. I'm like, yeah. I yeah. want to do something for these kids. I want to help those kids that they're just like me back in the day when I was lost, when I didn't know. I want to make a difference and, and help them. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, earlier in the program, we alluded to your position at ENME Upward Bound. Uh, what compelled you to apply for that position? So when we moved here to Cannon um, Air Force Base, I work at the Clovis schools. Um, I was a recruiter and I knew that I wanted to work in the higher ed. Like I knew not only because that, that was my degree, but that's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to help others. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to, to do something more, I guess. Um, so I kept on looking. And when I finally saw the, the opportunity, I applied and um I applied for the specialist position and then later on, I realized that there was the other one available, the coordinator um, job posted as well. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to apply for this one too. So mm-hmm. when they called me for the interview, I had to tell the director, I had to be honest and tell her and be like, you know what? I apply for the next one as well. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be a problem or so, but I'm, I'm waiting for that as well. And of course, she's the director. She knew that I applied for the next one, too. <laughs> so, yeah. So she's like, OK, let me contact HR and we'll let you know. And then the following week, I got an interview for that one. And yeah. Oh, wow. Got, so, yeah. That's awesome. They're like, we love your interview. We love you. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, OK, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're always thinking like, oh, am I going to do well? Is there going to be mm-hmm. somebody with better or more experience than me? Somebody with a PhD, maybe? But no. Mm-hmm. I got it. So drill was everything that I was looking for. It was, I remember reading it and I'm like helping students. Yes. That's something that I love. Parents, workshops, talking to them, translating something to them. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. Financial aid. That was like the plus. I'm like, yeah, I have that experience. I I was a financial aid advisor back at home. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It it was like in my DNA. I think I'm like, oh yeah, that's everything that I have done. So yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Talk to us about some of your favorite memories while working with Upward Bound. What did you like the most? Oh, everything. There were so many kids. I miss them, though. I miss that. I miss going on the trips with them, um, going to places with them, teaching them, and Mm -hmm. I guess meeting with them because you're like a mentor. You're like a parent, mentor, uh, what else? Counselor. You're everything for this kid. So, yeah, I, I miss them, though. Um, I started back in 2020 when COVID um, I guess was going on. It was, it was the thing, COVID. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the students had to log into Zoom. <laughs> they had to log into Zoom. They had to log into this Google Classrooms. Oh, they wow. were not interested. They were like tired. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you have to make it fun, but you have to like teach them something. And you have to let them know, hey, keep going. Yes, you can do it. Yeah. Uh, turn on your camera. 
okay. <laughs> so yeah, but I love it. it. It was something that, yeah, I miss them though. And helping it, it's something that again, I, I did for like almost two years. So yeah, it, it was, it was nice. So, and the kids, they were so nice, so polite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The parents too. Like now I see them at Walmart. I see them at the stores. I'm like, yeah, Miss Lana, how you doing? My kid. <laughs> yeah. So, so you said gonna you, be there. That's yeah. Good. So Sorry. you were there for two years. No, no, you're good. Uh, you were there for two years. Uh, what's two something years. that you learned about uh, being in Trio? What What did you learn? What did you like about being in Trio? Yeah, talk to us about that. Well, um, I don't know. There were so many things. I guess um, I didn't want to leave though. I wanted to stay there. That mm-hmm. that was something that yeah. I'm like if I was able to stay, yeah, I'll stay there forever. But no, I liked everything. There, there were some awesome kids, and I learned so much, and they teach you so much too. You think you know it all? No, those kids—they're smart. They teach you, yeah. And also, you learn about patience. You learn about (laughs) you're gonna have another meeting back to back. It's okay. Like, yeah, don't give up. You wanted to do this? Come on, let's go. You can do it. So yeah, absolutely. And no, keep them. I guess interested in school and you have to give them and talk to them about your story and let them know mm-hmm. I went through this. It's normal. It's okay. And that way they can identify them. Um, that's something a plus, I think if they can relate to you Oh no, that's, that's awesome with them. Yeah. They're like, okay, you went through this mess. Yes. That's normal. Yeah. I was lost. I didn't know. I didn't get always good grades. You're okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So you left the position uh, with S coordinator uh, from Enemy Upward Bound for a different opportunity. Talk to us about that. Uh, what was your decision, and why? Why did you move on from uh, being a coordinator? So I had my baby, and I was at home for four months. So um, I didn't had anything else to do for four months, just there with my baby. Um, I guess you you can understand that because you're a dad as well. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> totally. you need a break. <laughs> so <laughs> I saw the posting there for CCC, and I wanted I always wanted to do more. Um, and as an ambitious person, you always want to do more. You always want to do plus. And now there are some jobs that you have to like transition and leave, and sadly leave. Because, yeah, but you want to stay there forever. You want to help these kids. But, yeah, so I applied for this other job. And I was thinking, oh, there might be somebody else with more experience. There might be somebody else with a PhD, maybe, something that mm-hmm. I don't have mm-hmm. yet. And you're like, well, I'm going to give it a try. Why not? Let's let's do it. And, yeah, I have the time right now. Let's, let's write this letter. And why not? And, yeah, right. later on, they call me. And here I am as a project director. Um, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what? Are they sure they want to hire me? <laughs> <laughs> I have a master's degree in some years, but uh, are they sure? Like, do they know? But yeah, it was it was something nice. It's it's something good. And that um, I guess former boss, um, yeah, like it's it's awesome. Um, I knew that I wanted to help students, and I'm still helping them, but I'm helping them in a different way. I think yes. um, I don't meet with them one on one. That's something that, of course, I miss when I see somebody and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have this financial aid uh, workshop, this fair, this uh, visit from the students." I miss that. I'm like, "Oh my mm-hmm. gosh!" Yeah. But now I'm on the other side, on the back side of it, and yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm still helping them. I think I'm still making a difference. And you never know. Maybe later on, um, I guess I'll move up to something else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you could do this life all over again, what would you do differently? Oh no, <laughs> there's always that thing, huh? Mm-hmm. I think I would do better in school. I think I'll, I'll remind I'll myself. Better at school? Like, 
Yeah. Yes. Do better in high school. Don't party too much. Don't have too much fun. Uh, apply for scholarships. <laughs> Get a good GPA because they're going to see that. And yeah, I think that'll be something. Uh, I want to say, no, I want to change anything. It's okay to learn, but no, it, it shouldn't be like, yeah, uh, do better in high school. Like, yeah, that that's something that, yeah, don't party too much. Yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. Um, what is something that you're currently into? Uh, or sorry, no, no, let me, let me back up. What is one word you would use to describe yourself? Um, I would say that I'm Latina and proud. Well, I guess that's more than one word. Mm, I'm proud of who I am, where I come from, and where I am today. I'm also thankful to my parents for the sacrifices and the hard work. Um, I value the person I am today, and that that will describe myself as a Latina and proud. Also, I love my culture, I love my traditions and my religion. Uh, I guess I'm from a small town in New Mexico and I attended a community college, but also it was not easy to get that undergrad and that master's degree. And Latinas, we're strong believers and we don't give up. We're also ambitious. I'm dedicated and loyal, but also passionate about my family, my friends and my job. Like Selena will say, if you have a dream, don't let anybody take it away. And that's what can describe myself as a Latina who's proud of where I am, where I come from, the barriers and, and the struggles, but also I value the person I am today. What is something that you're currently into? Either TV, books, movies, games, etc. cetera. Uh, books, as I said, but seems like for the past year, I have not finished reading those books. So yeah, I better <laughs> get back to them. Watching TV, watching Netflix, I think that that's addicting too. Like you sit on the couch and you turn it on and you just keep on going. You're like, another episode, another one, another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to uh, unglue yourself from that, right? Especially right. With shows like Wednesday and various other shows that are coming out, like Stranger Things. It's hard to pull away from that. Yep. We're already finished watching Wednesday. We're already oh, watching. Oh, did you? Like- Andy, we're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, we can't do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also thought that I was good into crafts, like DIY. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I can do crafts. I can work on my own. I bought a cricket and I can do this. But oh my gosh, the time as well is challenging. And then with does, the yeah, new baby, fun. I have so many screenshots on my phone. I'm like, oh, later on, I'm gonna do this. Oh, that one's so simple. I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Oh. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, I've been too busy, but yeah, I need to find the time again and that routine. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice do you have for TRIO students that are thinking about entering an upward bound program, or maybe they want to go to college, but they don't know quite what to do? What's some advice that you have for TRIO students? Uh, To do well in school, uh, don't give up, keep trying, Uh, continue your education as well. That's something important. Uh, Don't, um, I guess, prefer money only versus obtaining your degree first, like just like I did, like, no, it's okay to work and make some money but also your priorities it had to be school it has to be college you have to get a degree because you never know and um if you don't know something or you have a doubt always ask questions meet with your advisors meet with your mentors talk to them if you're going through something talk to them they're always there for you um apply for scholarships as well um they're worth it like i know some of my students were like oh no it's so long and they asked me for this essay and Mm -hmm. i need to submit this try it give it a try um yeah 
Uh, it will be worth it at the end, I promise you guys. And don't feel scared to apply to uh, many different colleges. Uh, you never know. That's something that I kept on telling my seniors. And I'm like, oh, you have this four options? Apply to the four of them because you never know. Mm -hmm. And at the end, you make the decision what college you want to go, not Absolutely. them. And don't do it like me. Oh, only NMSU and that's it. No, mm -hmm. come on, you can do it. You can leave home and you can go to another state. It's fine. So yeah, Absolutely. that's something that maybe I'll, I'll tell them. <laughs> That's great. Uh, what about advice for trio professionals that might be listening to this podcast? Uh, you all are doing a great job. You guys are awesome. Uh, you know, um, there's some days that you think that uh, this workshop, maybe it's not worth it. Maybe um, it's so many presentations. Are the students or parents, are they really learning something and they're really going to go home and be like, oh yeah, they, they got this. Um, yes, it is like this parents or this students, maybe they would not um, know it yet, but at the end, yeah, it's going to help them. It's, you don't see it, but you are going to make a difference on those students and those parents as well. Cause um, thanks to those parents, those, those kids keep, keep going too. They, they need the, the mom and dad's, I guess, um, support. So yeah. So don't give up to your professionals. Don't give up. Keep, keep going. Yeah. I know it's hard. I know there's some days that you're like, Oh my gosh, no, <laughs> I need to <laughs> yeah. meet with like 10 students at a time. Yes. Keep going. You're, you're making a difference in this kid. So yes, you're doing Wonderful. awesome. <laughs> Noemi, it was such a pleasure to have you on this podcast. I hope we can get you on again here soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, thank you for contacting me and reaching out. And I know it was a busy schedule after it holidays, <laughs> but, but thank you. <laughs> and I hope my story um, helps some students and they don't get, um, even for those kids that they're lost and confused or they don't know what direction to go to after high school, hope um, it helps them. It helps as an inspiration for them. Uh, this I guess lost and confused first generation student, Mexican American with this Mexican accent from El Paso. I can't, I guess, get rid of it. <laughs> it's here with me. Um, she did it. Look at me. I got a master's degree and I didn't know I was able to do it. I didn't know I was going to continue, I guess. And look at me now. I want to go for a PhD. So, yes. Amazing. Um, and we hope, we wish you all the best all for your future endeavors. You're doing great. And the podcast, I'll tell you right now, the episode sounds great. Thank you. Hopefully I didn't. Um, it was not too boring for some people. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if they made it around this long, they're interested in your story. Uh, right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so, Noemi, the, the Let's Talk Trio podcast has a tradition. We typically have the guests sign off at the very end of this program. Uh, do you care to do the honors? Yes. <laughs> So um, this is Noemi Lara Miller. I'm a grad from New Mexico State University. Um, I was a former trio professional and currently I serve as a project director for Title V. Um, shout out to my husband, to my family, um, to my friends, to my parents, maybe if they're listening to us. And yes, trio works. That was our guest, Noemi Lara Miller former TRIO professional staff from Eastern New Mexico University's TRIO Upward Bound program. Noemi, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your TRIO story. Remember, if you would like to be on the Let's Talk TRIO podcast, or if you know a staff, advocate, participant, or alum that could be on the podcast, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. Again, that email is Let's Talk Trio, all one word, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Vialpando, Rosario O'Reilly, 
Jaded Electronics, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. I'd like to take a moment to thank our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, Scott Kendall, and Susan Cramp. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, audio engineer, music producer and composer, and post-production editor. Amelia Castañeda, script supervisor, marketing manager, social media manager, and producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. This episode was recorded Saturday, January 14th, 2023. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode.